You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. You've got a tiger by the tail. Hold on, tiger sharks, tiger sharks. The first spaceship with a sail. Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, wherein we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul, and I am not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. Today, we are going to talk about the tiger shark. Nom, 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 tiger shark. They are super cool. Yeah. But first, the news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. So sometimes we like to use this segment to tell you about people who listen to this podcast who are doing really creative, wonderful things themselves. So I'm going to tell you about Cat White. She is an indie folk pop singer-songwriter based in Oakland, California. She teaches guitar and ukulele lessons in the Bay Area, and she often makes up little songs with her students for practice. So these songs were the inspiration for Kat's debut children's album called In the Eye of the Owl, which she describes as a collection of harmony-rich, whimsical, and heartfelt songs about animals. Uh, Do not let children's album put you off. If you're a parent, these are songs that will not drive you nuts. This isn't like uh, Baby Shark kind of songs. You'll enjoy them too. She is currently in the songwriting stage of a second album of animal songs for kids, and uh, we will give you a link to catwhitemusic.com. Cat is spelled K-A-T, not with a C, it's not Kate. So stay tuned, and at the end of the show, we will play you a song of hers in its entirety. It's really, really good. Yes. I I love it when our listeners are doing creative stuff, you know, of their own. They do lots of creative things. Yeah. We talked about it. Okay, just a reminder, everybody, go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and on Instagram at at Podcast, all one word, and at BarmansPodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestionies. I also run a Pinterest board that I think I'm mostly caught up on about our episodes. Just go over there and put Varmints in the search engine and you will find us. Also, if you want some merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Do the same thing. Barman's Podcast. In the search engine, you will find our amazing t-shirt and cup and tote bag selection. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We are everywhere that podcasts are found, and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you, Patreon supporters. Wow, some of you give this podcast a little bit of money every month, and that helps us cover costs like hosting and merch and all that good stuff, and we really, really do appreciate it. If you want to be a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash varmints. All levels of support get rewards, and we really, really do appreciate it so much. Thank you. Now let's talk about tiger sharks. 
Hey! Hey! Let's go get educated on some animals. I know you wanna. <laughs> and we are talking about tiger sharks today. The tiger shark is a species of requiem sharks, which are migratory, live-bearing sharks of warm seas. So you're going to find tiger sharks all around the world, uh, close to the equator. The tiger shark is typically three to four meters long, or about 11 to 14 feet long, which is way bigger than I thought. Oh yeah, they are the, uh, did you know that they are the fourth biggest shark? They are. I did not. Yeah, after basking sharks and... Uh, whale shark? Yeah, the whale shark, the basking shark, uh, all those those big ones, and then the great white is next, and then the tiger shark after that. Yeah, they're huge. They are huge fishy. Females are exceptionally large, and they can measure around 16, 17 feet, and the largest males are about 13 feet. Uh, they're very heavy. Particularly large female sharks can exceed 900 kilograms, or about 2,000 pounds, they have to be super big because of the many babies they carry, and I'll talk about that in a little while. Yes, there was a pregnant female that was caught off the coast of Australia that reportedly measured 18 feet long and weighed 1,500 kilograms or about 3,360 pounds. Now that is a big fishy. That's a big fish. <laughs> the tiger shark has your typical classic shark shape and look. That long torpedo-shaped body, blue to kind of bluish-green skin, big eyes with no eyelids, you know, those lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> and that almost, like, trademark dorsal fin that breaches the surface when the shark is swimming near the surface, and that large boomerang-shaped tail fin. And sometimes, and you're going to talk about this, faint stripes that look quite a bit like tiger stripes. Mm-hmm. Male sharks are sometimes called bulls, but more often than not, they are just called males. Male sharks are sometimes called bulls, but more often than not, they are just called males. Females are always called females, and baby sharks are called pups. Even though tiger sharks are solitary animals, when there is a group of them, they are called a school or a shoal. The word shark first appeared in the 1560s, and nobody really knows where it came from. Apparently, the word and the first specimen were brought to London by Captain John Hawkins' second expedition. And there was a uh, handbill advertising the exhibition of this specimen that said, There is no proper name for it that I know, but that certain men of Captain Hawkins doth call it a shark. So somebody just saw that fish and called it a shark, and now it's a shark. Nice. It is often colloquially called the man-eater shark. And there is a separate species of shark called a sand tiger shark, uh, not to be confused with the shark that we're talking about today. It's a much, much smaller shark. Sand tigers are going to be on the a different show that we're going to talk about that specific type of shark that are egg layers. Yes. Instead of live bearers. But we're going to have a whole bunch of those tiny little guys in one show later. Yep. Yeah. Well, I thought we would just talk about... Baby sharks, do 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 do. Baby oh, sharks. Oh no! People are gonna. <laughs> don't don't press the stop button. I can't don't help um... it. I love it. I don't care what you think. <laughs> don't unsubscribe, please. Oh no! Oh, we had to it. get it in there somewhere. <laughs> you've, you've driven everybody away now. 
think, I think you're wrong. I think most people like it. <laughs> and the worst part about it is you've got it in my brain now. <laughs> we like it because it's annoying. It's a fun song. So tiger sharks are only one of a few shark species that can change their patterns on their skin and their body form throughout their stages of growth. They get their name from the stripe patterns on a young shark's skin. The female tiger sharks we were talking about, they're, they're so big. They can be pregnant with their young for about one year and three months, and they usually give birth once every three years or so. They can give birth to an average of about, ready, drum roll, 40 babies, 40, 40 oh, babies. What? Yep, and this that's the average, oh. okay? This can range anywhere from 10 to 80, 80 babies, 80 baby little tiger sharks. Good heavens. You need to have like 80 versions of my voice going, baby shark, do 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 to know what that kind of is like. That's a lot of sharks, you know? 80 shark, 80? Did you say 80? Wow. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I know, it's crazy. They're usually born about 20 to 30 inches in length, and they are very skinny. And baby tiger sharks, they have the stripe patterns on their skin, and they fade as they grow, but that helps sort of camouflage them from predators, right? Mm -hmm. When they're born, they have spotted patterns along the length of their bodies, and then they sort of stripe out as they get bigger because the spots become elongated. And so... That's where the stripes come from. So young tiger sharks remain close to shore. And so that's why the spotted and stripes kind of help them kind of hide in the shadows underneath the water's surface and probably in seagrass and stuff too. So pretty cool. Very Adult cool. tiger sharks lose their stripes once they reach sexual maturity or so at about five years of age. And um, so that's why, that's why the shark has a stripe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool. so i thought that was pretty interesting 80 babies that's nuts so the tiger shark has a wide mouth compared to other sharks in its family really wide mouth and inside the tiger shark's mouth is something that really sets it apart and that's its teeth most sharks that hunt swimming prey as a rule their teeth are designed to cut in the upper jaw region and to grab and hold onto prey in the lower jaw region. And they have those nice triangular serrated teeth that come down and end in a point. Tiger shark teeth are really unique. They have very, very sharp pronounced serrations and an unmistakable sideways pointing tip. So each tooth is almost like having several teeth in one space. There's the sharp primary cusp, which is the pointy end of the tooth that extends down and tears into the prey. Along that primary cusp, or point, are tiny little serrated cusplets that can saw into the food. So each tooth has a cutting region and a sawing region. The flatter rear tooth component protects the large saw from the tooth pressure, which amounts to three tons per square centimeters. These guys bite really hard. Tiger sharks have rows of almost 24 identical teeth, both in the upper and lower jaws, and with all these sharp serrated teeth there's really nothing that the shark can't eat such dentition has developed to slice through flesh bone and other tough sub substances such as turtle shells 
They can also eat garbage, unfortunately, like license plates and tires and pretty much anything that gets into the ocean. Like most sharks, its teeth are continually replaced by rows of new teeth throughout the shark's life. If you go to Venice, Florida, that is the shark tooth capital of the world. For some reason, you go to that beach and there are tons of shark teeth and nobody really knows why. You find the nice triangular pointy ones, but then you find these little weird bent ones and you think that it's, you know, like what good is that tooth? That's a tiger shark tooth, and apparently they're really good at what they do. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> it's disclaimer time. The Varmint podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then again, we only have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we're going to do it anyway. I think back way back when, when we did the Great White Shark episode, we talked about how Sharks are not mindless creatures that eat things. No. They're actually pretty intelligent. They are. Especially for just such a giant animal full of teeth that you would think, your job is to eat things. <laughs> they actually have to be quite a bit smarter than just eating things. So. Yeah. They've done tests on them where they, they, they can recognize colors and patterns and shapes. They teach one another different skills. They... they solve problems they're not just dumb you know killing machines yeah no by by no means so i don't remember what we gave great whites i don't remember either but i think it was like five or six somewhere in there you know yeah yeah that's six at least i mean our arbitrary completely subjective scale yes yes our dumb scale i would give it <laughs> <laughs> on our stupid scale <laughs> our stupid scale about intelligence yeah i'd give him a six that's fair enough <laughs> i always think of like my my i think my rule of thumb is like where's the raven at <laughs> compare it to that guy yes you know yeah ravens great and chimpanzees and things like that like every Octop all those guys are like eight and nine right? yeah octopodes yeah Exactly. So where yeah. are they in comparison to those guys? Eh, probably a few points shy of that. So Fair like enough. right in the middle. <laughs> like maybe there's some really smarty fins sharks out there that are because they don't wear pants uh, that are that are uh, <laughs> seven or something, you know? Sure. Like the genius of sharks is out there somewhere going, oh, I am the seven on yeah. the <laughs> arbitrary barman scale. <laughs> How dare you give me a six? That's right. Don't give me a six. Or who do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, believe it or not, there are some tiger sharks in pop culture. And we're going to talk about them in a couple of other things, too. But we're going to do that right after this. Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Marths and Monsters podcast. Join me, my companion, Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat, Ray, Puny mortals. as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Martha Monsters podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, slancha. They're good health. 
that podcast is just delightful. Oh my goodness. It's so good. <laughs> Hey there everyone, Paul and Donna are a couple of nerds just like you and they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk about where we all see them most of the time. On movies, TV, comic books, toys and video games. Well, the clip that you heard at the beginning was from an 80s cartoon called Tiger Sharks which was really weird. Uh, it was produced by Rankin Bass, which also produced Thundercats, which is fairly well known. Yep. Uh, that was a Saturday morning cartoon with human-cat hybrids. It was very, very successful. They tried to repeat that success with a show called Silverhawks, which were human-bird hybrids. Slightly less successful, but still. Slightly less successful. And even less successful was in 1987, they came up with the ocean version of Thundercats, and it was called Tiger Sharks. Tiger Sharks was part of the comic strip show, which was a show that had four animated shorts in it. So there was Street Frogs, The Mini Monsters, Karate Cat, and Tiger Sharks. The Tiger Shark team consisted of members who were humans who had to use a device called the Fish Tank to go from human to powered up marine forms and then back again. The Tiger Shark's base was a spaceship that could also function underwater. The ship was called the Sark and contained the Fish Tank along with all kinds of little research facilities. The action took place on the fictional world of Watero, which was almost completely covered by water. The planet was inhabited by a race of fishmen called the Watarians. The tiger sharks arrived there on a research mission and ended up serving as the protectors of the planet against the evil T-Ray who had arrived there beforehand. And this clip, I had to pull it because it's just a great example of cheesy... 1980s cartoon v villainry. Is villain villainry a word? Um, villainous, villainous behavior. Villainy, Villain I think, is what it is. But villainy. villainry is probably villainry, meaning the I don't know, the the acts of villains. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Doesn't matter. Villainy. I like it. If it's not a word, it is now. <laughs> so here's the evil T-Ray. You terrified twins. You let the tiger shark steal the sawbill. They tricked us, T-Ray. It wasn't our fault. It could have happened to anyone. Besides, T-Ray, the sawbill's only one of our weapons. We've got plenty of others, T-Ray. You cowardly excuses for fish. We're going to cut Captain Bizarrely's pirates out of the ice in Siberia. We need the sawbill. Now get out there, find the tiger sharks, and bring that sawbill back. Come on, Walleye. Let's go get Captain Bizarrely. Once we've freed his pirates from Siberia, we'll be able to join forces and move against the Tiger Sharks. The sooner we get rid of the Tiger Sharks, T-Ray, the sooner we can destroy those feeble Watarians and make this planet our own. <laughs> I love that so much. Yes. All of the members of the Tiger Sharks team have really kind of on-the-nose names. So Mako turns into a shark. Walro turns into a walrus. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to quiz you. What oh, do you I think don't Dolph remember. Turns... I'm going to fail all of them. So. No, no, you won't. This is how easy they are. What does Dolph turn into? 
A dolphin. Yes. How about Octavia? Octopus. Okay, here's a tough one. Lorca. Lorca? Uh, 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 kill a whale? Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's the toughest one I'm trying one ever. to remember the show while I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's a Bronk who turns into a seahorse, because Bronco, get it? And Angel, who turns into a big angel fish. It's uh-huh. lame. It is listed as having 26 episodes, but actually there were 13 full episodes that were split up into part one and part two. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. I don't remember this at all, but I did watch the show. I mean, I don't remember that part. I did watch it, off and on. I don't remember it at all. Hmm. Yeah. They, they you know, you, you hit upon a really good idea and it takes off and then you try to redo that to right. see if you'll have the same success. And that's kind of what happened with this. Yep. And it just didn't get any sort of traction at all. It's funny. I don't know why they ever try that kind of stuff, because it never really works, does it? It never really works. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to talk about today Jonathan Bird's Blue World. This is a family-friendly underwater science and adventure television program. It's hosted by an underwater cinematographer named Jonathan Bird, and it airs on public television in the United States. It's designed for the family, and every segment finds Bird trying to unravel a mystery, witness an animal behavior, or explore an underwater environment. And you can watch these on YouTube. They are available all over the place. And I think they are, there's four seasons, and they're all really fun. We're going to listen to a tiny clip out of the Tiger Sharks episode that he did. One of the goals of this expedition is to audition a potential new Blue World cameraman. Rich and Connor have invented a great new gadget which will open up new creative possibilities. So, Rich, what is this thing? Well, this is actually our shark cam that clips onto the dorsal fin of the Tiger Shark. We clip it on the shark like so and you get different angles of the shark. So you get all the head motion and all the cool swimming around it does and going around the reef, coming back to us. No harm to the shark. I mean, as you can see, clips on, very soft, you know, can fall off if need be. And so if it does fall, it falls on the ground. Also keeps the right angle. Get the nice... Oh, so this is a highly uh, scientifically developed Absolutely, made with product. zip ties and... <laughs> is there a trick to putting it on the shark? There is, yeah. I mean, the shark's got to be coming in in the right spot at the right time. They can shake it off if they want to, so you got to keep an eye on it so we don't want to lose our camera. Right. Well, let's go try it out. Let's All right. Do it. right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a very short little clip because I want you to go and watch the episode, and we will put a link to that in the show notes. But it's very fun. They clip a camera onto the fin of the tiger shark, and she swims around and takes some pictures for him and just a really fun episode of that show yeah. showing people diving with tiger sharks and i think it's really helpful when you show people diving with animals like this too to kind of demystify all this shark attack thing and stuff i mean yes there are a lot of people that have been bitten by tiger sharks but let's not forget and we have to mention this on every show that we record about sharks humans kill 144 million sharks every year and right. most of them go for um, shark fin soup, a yep. delicacy in China, which is horrible. And I mean, it's it's just it's a status symbol. So basically, we're 
decimating entire species for a status symbol for a very small number of people. And that yeah. is the truth. Yep. Um, so just remember that when they say, like, you know, oh, you know, 40 people got bitten by tiger sharks last year. First, first of all, most of the bites are not fatal. Um, I'm just pulling a number out of the hat. I don't actually know what their numbers are, but right, they're not going to be anything in compared to how many sharks we kill every year. Yeah. And um, this, these, like all the other species, are there's they are vulnerable. They're all vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we have to be really careful about about uh, about that. And I think it's nice to see divers diving with these sharks because they show that they're not these crazy monsters that just are running around killing everything they see they just they are, you're not a prey and they are feeding them little fish and stuff and they're eating the fish because that's what they eat that's so. what they do mm-hmm. so. i think because of this show i have started having a real problem with the term shark attack yes i think there are shark encounters that unfortunately wind up getting people hurt or killed yes. now and then once in a while. Good point. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah. but I don't re- I really don't like shark attack because Yeah, we shouldn't use that because it's not an attack. They're just trying to they're either mistakenly biting a prey, which is just predation mm-hmm. and totally normal. Um and not aggressive and not hateful. Um and not malevolent, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, and but a, or it is a, a mistake of some sort um, or it is the, a person is messing with them and they are defending themselves in their minds they don't right. understand that they are big and tough you know what I mean <laughs> like oh right yeah they're just they being a shark yeah they don't understand that if they bite you in self-defense that they could really really injure you badly they don't get that and they don't even think about it they just they feel like they're defending themselves right so yep yeah so don't harass sharks it's a really bad idea yeah don't they're they're they're, they're good little animals they don't they don't need the harassment they're good gigantic fish they're yes that that's a little more accurate <laughs> <laughs> they're wonderful they're awesome I they're love them great. sharks are the best mummy what's for dinner it's the elbow of a snake <laughs> mummy I can't <laughs> eat that well would you eat that oh oh no mummy I can't eat that either I've had shark before. I've had shark before, and I did not like it. So it doesn't really matter what species of shark it is. I just don't like shark. I've never had it, but I would not eat. I would not eat a vulnerable animal. Yeah, no, you're not missing anything. And yeah, the the tiger shark I think is near threatened. It's it's in trouble. All sharks are in trouble, but the tiger shark is is really in trouble because, like you said, people fish for them for shark fin soup, and they fish them for them for sport which I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Nope. Yep. Not in the food box. Not in the food box. Swim away, Tiggy. <laughs> Is your brain a repository of useless information? Well, let's help everyone win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you about a guy called John Craig. 
John Craig is a very experienced British diver. He's originally from Australia. And in October 2017, he went out in a boat with a friend for a spearfishing trip near Shark Bay off the coast of Western Australia. Unfortunately, during the course of the trip, he lost sight of the boat when he was in the water. The boat was also having engine problems and it was battling strong currents and the boat drifted away and John Craig found himself abandoned. (sighs) That is my nightmare. That was his reality. (laughs) He spent the next 10 minutes of the water screaming and splashing to try to get his friend's attention. I'll let John Craig tell you what happened next. This is an excerpt from a BBC Radio 5 interview he did just after he was rescued. I saw this huge four-meter tiger shark within arm's reach of me. And I then turned around, and there was another big sandbar whaler behind me. So I had these two sharks, and the boat was long gone by this stage. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is, this is it. Oh, my goodness. So what on earth did you do? So I knew that because I'm a dive instructor, so I knew that because my heart rate was up, because I was splashing and panicking, it's exactly what you shouldn't do, or that's what's actually attracted the sharks. So I thought the priority was to calm down. The boat's gone. I've got to get myself out of this situation now. So the first thing I did was just keep my head in the water and just watched the tiger shark um, because the other shark disappeared pretty quickly, I think, when it saw the tiger shark. And uh, the shark, the tiger shark just kept coming towards me and was probing from different angles. It would go away, then it would come back, because obviously I'm this stressed-out creature in the ocean, and so that's a really, uh, you know, potential food item for, for that type of shark. So it uh, kept coming back, kept looking at me, and I was just using my spear gun to make sure it kept its distance. And it, I never touched it. It never touched me, but it was just extremely curious as to what, what I was doing there. Um, and so then I thought, right, I've just got to swim to the shore. And it was from my GPS on the boat. It was like seven and a half kilometers to the nearest beach. And so I just looked for the cliffs and just started swimming towards them all the time, trying to keep my head in the water, looking for where this tiger shark was. And it would... It would follow me, so it would come from behind my fins, and I could just see its huge head. It was like a submarine. Its head was, like, oh. way wider than me. It would swim underneath me and then try and approach from below and from the sides. And all the time I was just trying to use my spear gun just to make sure it kept its distance. And then after three or four minutes of, of swimming, it just kind of accelerated and just started to swim beside me. So I was swimming towards the coast, and it just started swimming on this parallel course about three or four meters away from me. And I used to work on the whale shark boats in Exmouth, and it was just like swimming alongside a small whale shark. It was just just cruising, not being aggressive, not not being curious anymore, just looking at me. I was looking at it, and it did this for about 15 minutes. Like I must have swam 500 meters with this shark just swimming on a parallel course and like in another situation it would have been a really amazing experience but in the situation I was in it was fairly terrifying um and then after after like 500 meters the shark just decided no can't be bothered anymore and just turned veered away and disappeared into the blue amazing yeah he went on to say that he sees that humans are not necessarily in a shark's food box 
and his reflection now is on how beautiful and graceful the shark actually was, and that experience made him more concerned about the fact that these creatures are vitally important in the marine ecosystem. Yes, yep. Yeah. They are definitely. What a terrible, scary thing to happen, but how wonderful that he can reflect on it like that today. Yes. Well, speaking of how tiger sharks benefit the ecosystem, it turns out that tiger sharks, the presence of tiger sharks might benefit seagrass, which is really interesting. Hmm. A heat wave in Australia in 2011 killed off a lot of the region of the western coast's treasured seagrass beds, and while the recovery of the ecosystem has been slow, scientists discovered that tiger sharks are helping with the regrowth of the seagrass beds by scaring off grazers such as dugongs. They support high levels of biodiversity in a seagrass bed, and they also store a lot of carbon, known as blue carbon. And they also help to set off greenhouse gas emissions and climate change, a lot like tropical forests. Shark Bay Australia is where you can find some of the most extensive and pristine seagrass beds around the world, and common inhabitants of it include tiger sharks, dugongs, and sea turtles, which I told you that tiger sharks like to eat. Yeah. In 2011, the water temperatures went up to 2 to 4 degrees Celsius and 3. that's 3.6 to 7.2 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a huge spike in temperature above normal along the western coast of Australia for two months, and this event killed off huge amounts of seagrass. And the loss of seagrasses cover amounted to more than 90% in some areas. And Whoa. there was a study produced in the Journal of Marine Ecology that, uh, that you can read when I link this article if you're interested in it. The dominant seagrass species, however, was the hardest hit, and by 2014, three years after the heat wave, the wireweed still had not recovered, and another fast-growing species was beginning to take root in the marine sands. As the former species is a temperate seagrass and the latter is a tropical seagrass, future shifts away from the once-dominant cool-water-adapted species are possible if the warmer water persists. So... The research on the recovery of Shark Bay is continuing. Thank you. Thanks to the support from funding from the National Science Foundation. And these scientists reported that tiger sharks were having a marked influence on the recovery of the beds. And they found that the new growth was higher in the areas where the shark roamed. And the presence of sharks can scare off animals that graze on seagrass a lot, like dugongs. Um, so it can grow better in areas where grazers are not as abundant. So... Very interesting. It's tiger sharks helping us regrow the seagrass. That is very cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know what else they... I'm sure they're up to a lot of other stuff because all ecological <laughs> webs are so connected that it's it's really hard to say exactly what you're going to affect if one of them goes away. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're at least important to the seagrass and we know for sure. Seagrass yeah. recovery needs tiger sharks. People... In China, do not. <laughs> no, no, they don't. We need tiger else. sharks. Yes, we need them. Tiger sharks are great. They are. They're really, They're so really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening today. Our podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was by Carrie McGinnis and Stacy and Frosty. Brisky Coffin is our shark tooth collector. Nice. 
Uh, now it's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat who is eight years of age or younger and wants to be on our podcast, sends us a message on Facebook or email us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it very easy for you and your little Ruggers to hear their voice on the podcast. Who we got today? Today, we have Isaac. Isaac has something to say about tiger sharks. Nice. Hey, this is Isaac. Hey. And... I am going to talk about tiger sharks. Tiger sharks can grow up to 16 feet long. They will eat anything, including garbage. They only hunt at night, and they like warm water. But I said that they like to eat anything, but they mostly like to eat meat. You are most likely to get hit by a flying vending machine and get killed by a shark attack. Nice. I love that. That is a really good stat. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you, Isaac. And we want to thank his mom, Kate. Kate is the host of the Ignorance Was Bliss podcast. So thanks, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned. I'm going to play a song called Stuart the Unlucky Fly by Cat White, who we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Delightful little tune. But uh, until then, thanks for listening. Be nice to animals. Especially chocks. <laughs> You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Have you ever met a more unfortunate guy than Stuart? Time he got stuck in a piece of key lime pie. He had to eat his way out. He was so full he couldn't fly. Or that time he found himself stuck in that fella's car, dizzy in the smoke of the old cigar. The car took him far away to a whole nother town when he got out. Didn't know which way it was down. Oh, Stuart, the unlucky fly. Oh, Stuart, the unlucky fly. Oh, Stuart, I could cry and cry and cry for Stuart, the unlucky fly. Remember when a said it wasn't nice and set him free but that wasn't the end to his misery he was flying by a fence when he got caught in a spider's web oh Stuart now Stuart is Stuart the unlucky fly oh Stuart the unlucky Jaws. Snatched by a lion's claw.
in the batter of a cake. Oh no, I got baked. Oh, Stuart. Landed on a piece of bread. Got honey poured on my head. Oh, Stuart. Flew under a piano key. 